Jeff Stebbins with me as always, my co-host, Joe Janner. Joe, how are you doing this evening? Jeff, I'm doing fantastic. As always, happy to be a part of the Pitch Pod. Really excited to talk about the recap from our previous episode and look forward to our match of the week today. Yeah, absolutely. I am as well. Joe, I noticed you're wearing a bright colored shirt there. What, what do you got on there? What I have on is the official... The pitch pod polo. You see, yes, I mean, normally a lot often I'm in black, but I thought with just brilliant merchandising that we have available for our subscribers or followers, those that choose to participate in our commentary, again, love to offer up the opportunity to provide you with one of these brilliant orange polos, the pitch pod official merchandise to those participants and those that comment. Love to hear more about it. Jeff, wait, you don't have your own? Well, now that you mention it, I never leave home without mine. Oh, okay, good. Okay. Yeah, I don't know if it got cut out in the mail or something. Okay, so you have yours as well. That's good to see. Yeah, no, mailman delivered it. it I am rocking this baby full time. Pitch pod merch, as Joe said, if you want one, you have a chance to win one. Leave the best comment and we will pick a winner coming at you soon. But Joe, we are back. We're on the pod here, and we are reviewing our previous match. We were looking at the Spurs versus Man City. Pretty interesting outcome. What were your takeaways from that match, Joe? Well, probably need to put it out there on the table. We both missed. I think this was our double draw prediction match. We thought it was going to end up being, I think I had 1-1. One, one, you had 2-2, two, two, limited goals. And, in fact, that's really what it ended up being, just the one goal for Spurs as the winner and really significant goal. I think we did reference it. It did end up being Kane's 200th goal for within the English Premier League. It's 267th to put them all time for the Spurs. So I'm really happy for Harry Kane to have accomplished that task in this game and probably even more exciting for him and the Spurs and their supporters that it was the winner in a game of this magnitude. So congratulations to Harry Kane and the Spurs for winning this last match. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, congrats to Kane. And, and, and yeah, I'm, I'm, I think everyone's happy for him. Everyone seems to be a Kane fan. He's a class act of an athlete. So absolutely. Yeah. That's quite an achievement. Absolutely. And then I, I think we both kind of made some comments to each other pre-show, but as I'm watching that game, as, as you said, that we already talked about the highlight, that was Kane's goal to underth goal. But there's some stuff going on on Man City's side that we should definitely point out. Um, number one stands out to me as I've been saying some controversial things about Holland is Holland didn't score another goal again against a good team. So, you know, we, we got to point that out. Uh, number two, Pep was doing some interesting things with that starting lineup, and I'll be putting up a graphic here so we can take a look at it. Uh, but noticeably, he wasn't starting De Bruyne, and it seemed like he was trying something new, which to me, when I see that, I'm thinking, okay, if you're going to try something new, number one, why aren't you incorporating one of your best players to Bruyne, which I think you'll probably also mention. And then number two, why do it now against a good team when you're in the middle of the title race 
and have a chance to really pull ahead and really put pressure on Arsenal. And man, United's right up there too. So the timing of that strategy and the the idea behind it, obviously it didn't work, number one. Mm-hmm. Um, but the people I've talked to that are Man City fans are like, yeah, we don't agree with that with that call. I, and no one really has an explanation for it. So is there something more to it that we don't know? Or, or what are your perspectives on, on that? I think one of the things that stand out to me is it's a question of maybe too much time on the training pitch. And since they played in the FA Cup on a Friday and they had all this time to build up there. And I think probably knowing Pep, you said, well, let's give this as an opportunity to try something different, to try something new. Now, again, I'm not privy to knowing exactly what the training sessions and the periodization and everything that was built up to that. Why Kevin's left out there? Was it intentional? But we, again, we don't ever know some of the dynamics that take place within a football club leading up from one match to another for the manager to make certain selections. But I think what, again, I don't know if we got into the specifics of what Manchester City was doing or what they weren't doing, but I think you almost have to, in this contest, shift back to what the Spurs did. What they did really well was pick out opportune times to press. And in fact, they were well orchestrated in the means and the measures in which they went about pressing. And this fact leading up to that goal, you, I mean, I don't know if you put the credit on to, again, the Spurs press to present that opportunity for them to lose the ball, or it's just maybe a poor decision by Rodri there looking at the buildup of the play. He had opportunity to play back to the keeper and he instead tried to play the reverse pass where into a player that was maybe not all that well suited to receive that. Hoiberg jumped the opportunity, wins the ball, and plays a quick pass to Kane. So I think it was an opportune time. They made the most of it. Shifting back to your question regarding Manchester City, it's almost as if they were outfoxing themselves in the sense that they really tried to find something different and new, be brilliant in, in, a, in a performance, and do something, but it just didn't turn out. And, and so I think there are some questions about, I, initially, as I suggested, maybe it was just too much time to think too much time to plan, whether it was implemented in the training pitch or it has actually showed up in the game. I don't know because it certainly didn't work. Right. I don't want to take any way, anything away from the Spurs. I mean, they, they played well, they deserved the win, but I think we can agree that Man City is the more talented team. I'm actually looking at the, um, the strategy here and I'm looking at kind of um, the formations at that the, with the way the game started off. And so Pep had a 4-2-3-1 formation. The Spurs had a 3-4-2-1. And that's Kane and Holland up top for both those teams. And, you know, as I'm looking at this Man City lineup, again, I don't want to beat it too hard, but, you know, Alvarez, Holland, Grealish, Mares, Silva, and then, you know, just the talent pool that they have and to not pull off this game at a time when it really matters. And then when De Bruyne did get in the game, when Kevin did get in the game, he was the, probably one of the few players that was actually having an impact that second half and really trying to set his other players up for opportunities. So mm-hmm. again, I understand that maybe Pep was trying to do something new or different. I'm just kind of questioning the timing of it. And obviously it didn't work. But um, maybe I'd be saying something else if it did. But I, just the time, it seems like poor timing, I guess, for a manager to do that. And I, and I think I understand. I think probably, again, 
looked at that window between the two fixtures and said, if we're going to try something new and try something different, this will be the time to do it. But I think you're spot on in the sense that, well, why in this match? I mean, it could be still be something that they have in their arsenal to add to what they present. But in some sense, if it's not broke, why fix it? Yeah. And, and I think they need the momentum, right? They're, they were pretty hot for a while. And so now it's starting to lag. So why, why mess with that? And when you should have came out of that game with a win. So uh, yeah, just interesting. Again, I, I, I think you're probably right. It's just, he saw this as an opportune time, but clearly it didn't work and, and hats off to Kane hats off to the Spurs um, going forward. And, and yeah, I know Arsenal fans are happy at least. So um, that's something to share about. But anyways, looking ahead, Joe, we got another fun match coming ahead. And don't worry, everybody, we will be covering the Champions League. But prior to the Champions League, we're looking here at this upcoming match. We have Liverpool v. Everton. And this is also going to be a really fun game. Right now, it's Liverpool with the advantage. They have a, last time I checked, it was about a 64% chance likelihood. I'm sure a lot of that has to do with the fact that it's a home game for them um, and Everton's been struggling this season. So right now they have the advantage by quite a bit um, as far as likelihood of winning so far, um, but we'll see. Time will tell. So Joe, what's your, what are your immediate thoughts on this? I think you have to mention the fact that if any of us at match day one, were looking at this fixture and we would have projected Liverpool being 10th and Everton 18th. We'd have been, well, how did that happen? And I think a lot of that's happened in a sense. Both teams have underperformed. And what you're looking at here is an opportunity for both, I think, to try to finally gain some momentum, finally get themselves into a place where they're consistently performing at a level. I mean, Everton's got to feel really happy for themselves coming out with a victory in the previous week versus Arsenal. Liverpool, on the other hand, didn't do so well, a 3-0 loss to the Wolves. And where they're at and what they're trying to put together as far as, I mean, we're still early in the season. I think probably with the points structure where I would know that mathematically it would count Liverpool out to climb back up to a top five. I mean, they'd have to almost essentially win out. But I think in this, Everton has a lot more to play for. They're sitting 18th. They're still in the relegation zone. Going there away getting a points maybe again after a win is kind of starting to get them into somewhere they need to be somewhere they need to to put position themselves but I don't know what I don't really know how I couldn't pick Liverpool you, you mentioned it at home having a little bit more success and and showing up for this and, and getting the result and a win that they would be after in this one yeah and I mean I I guess Concerns for Liverpool would be a, you know, their their last result, and then B, um, I believe they have a couple of big players out for injury. Uh, last I heard, they had some defenders out, and I don't know if that's changed. But um, are you aware of that? I think the significant missing piece player for Liverpool has been Van Dyke, and I, I know that what the success that Liverpool's had over the last two, three, four years has been a big part of what he's played in that role. I mean, so losing a player such as that, you know, again, there's other pieces, there's other components of what Liverpool football needs to be successful. I think we've looked at the midfield. We've talked about that before. Underwhelming performances, just not really, I mean, personnel, you, you ask how and maybe why they didn't look to do more. 
to pick up a player the January transfer, but they put a lot of their eggs in the basket as far as attacking players up top. And, and those players, you know, Darwin, he's still got to make uh, an impact on this squad. Still really hasn't found a consistency that I think when he came over to Liverpool, people were looking for and expecting. So there's a lot that's just not being done at the level of expectations. And for a club at that size and for the supporters, it's, it's got to be extremely disappointing for what they're looking at, though. But I do, again, think in this one, they rise to the occasion. And I think I'm still going to go on the record and suggest that they will win this one. Okay, interesting. Yeah, I last I saw, Van Dyke was still questionable, probably not going to be playing this match. But, yeah, losing a player of his caliber, it's got to hurt. And then I, I think we have to mention, before we go into predictions, uh, when it comes to Everton, someone that we've discussed a lot, Lampard is out and the new guy, I know he only has one game under his belt this, you know, with Everton, this go around, but he's coming off a win. So you say, I don't see how Liverpool could possibly lose, but maybe this is the time. Maybe Everton got the right guy. Maybe their training's changed. I don't know, but maybe they can work off that momentum they, that they got from the, from an unexpected win with a new coach. And I think if you go back to that performance, I think, I think that's a good point, Jeff, in the sense that if you go back to that performance and you look at what they did, they were a side that outplayed Arsenal. They were a side that came in more prepared. Sam Dyche has put in in level of intensity or brought that into there to get them ready for that game. Yeah, why does it why does it just drop off? I don't I don't know. I just still feel like in this fixture at this time, it's not gonna be easy. I, by all means, I don't think that, that Liverpool is gonna have their way with Everton, but I do think that the Everton's going to have to bring more than what they've did the last following week versus an Arsenal to beat Liverpool at home in this Merseyside Derby. So I, I think, again, Liverpool win 2-1. Liverpool winning 2-1. Interesting. Okay, Joe, that, I, again, you're going with what the majority of people are saying, and, and that makes sense. Home game, Liverpool, I get it, higher-ranked team. I'm going to go in a different direction, Joe. I'm going to go Everton winning this game under their new manager, building some momentum. I'm going to go 2-1 Everton. Okay, so then here we are at the pitch pod. Reverse result prediction in this upcoming match. I think, this, again, that's why we tune in to these games. I Hopefully that's why we have our subscribers and those that are following us tune in to hear what could be an alternative perspective to these matches. And, and hopefully – I mean, it, what we are always asking for, Jeff, I think you would agree, is that we're always asking for a well-contested match. And, and that's the sense why we're picking these contests to highlight and feature on the pitch pod. So I'm looking forward to it. And I hope you are so, Jeff. Yeah? Yeah, absolutely. And like like I said earlier, Joe and I, we're definitely going to be covering the Champions League. We, we got that planned out. We got some good content coming your way. It's going to be fun. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in. Please like, subscribe. And as always, keep pitching out there, everyone. In a game, the round ball, round posts, anything can happen. <laughs>